Thank you for joining us here on AM 990. I'm Keith Quinn here with Jim Shoemaker. Jim? And we're talking with Patsy Jones and Terry Hurt, and we're talking about women or girls just want to have fun. You know, I'm really stuttering on that. Girls just want to have funds. That's the, the title of today's program, and the reality is I understand that. You know that. That's just a fact, isn't it? I, mean, <laughs> I think it just, is. You know, so, so, ladies, what's well, so yeah, what special about yeah. that? I mean, that's nobody wants to listen to that. Why is that so special, Patsy? I mean, what's the deal? Well, women are great at saving and budgeting frequently, but then they don't know what to do with the, those savings to help them to grow. That makes sense. So, Terry, what's your thoughts? I mean, I mean, why is that such a that's a catchy title? As I said, i got more emails on this program than I've gotten on any program. So why is that so important? You know, I agree with Patsy that most women are great at budgeting. They're often the drivers in a home for sticking to a budget, planning within that budget, but often they don't understand how to make investments. Uh, It seems to be a black hole of this... uh, nemesis that they don't want to come near mm, that's a good point well it is and when you you know when you have that fear of addressing something a lot of times you know you won't look at it and well, that's a- let's formally introduce these ladies because i kind of moved right into that so tell the audience basically who are we talking with today Right. We're talking with Patsy Jones. Patsy is a certified financial planner, uh, financial advisor with our firm, Shoemaker Financial, and Terry Hurt, uh, who is also a financial advisor with our firm and a future certified financial planner. And we're happy to have them both. Yes. And uh, they're very good at what they do. And of course, if you're listening and you like the title, you should get the content. And the content, all you have to do is call these two ladies. Either one are very, very capable of presenting this program. Girls just want to have more funds to your audience, to your church, to your your social group, uh, to anybody. And they do a wonderful job of really talking about some very, very important subjects when it comes to ladies and women and how they manage money. And there's no doubt, in in fact, women live longer and they're going to end up with the money anyway. It's a big deal. It's a great presentation geared towards women. If you'd like to have them come out and present that to to your group, just give them a call at our office. That's 901-757-5757. They'd be happy to set that up. Absolutely. Women have more power than they realize. Patsy, help me with that. What does that mean? Well, first of all, women are now 47% of the U.S. workforce, and more than half of the management and professional jobs belong to women, 52%. Now, for a number of, of reasons, women are more likely to go to college than young men are. Now, is that because of these, just, I mean, I, you know, I grew up with two daughters, and both of them have college degrees. One has a, has a future, a larger a master's degree. So if you're looking at this, is this because a trend that we're pushing women? Is it, uh, what's causing that? What, Terry, from your perspective, what's causing this type of movement in the workforce? Well, I think it's a combination of things. I think women now are uh, stepping out of their traditional roles. I think now, because of the state of the economy, people wanting more, you have a dual-income household. And I think women are beginning to take some of their power back. Uh Uh-oh, power back. I I wasn't aware they'd given up anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, did she. I felt that. You know, I did feel that power back. Okay. All right. That's great. All right. There are challenges, though, ladies. I mean, this is some challenges that women face. So, Patsy, Tell me, let's start with that. Let's start with some of the challenges, the big challenges that ladies face today. Okay. First of all, our money has to last a lot longer. Mm. Women have an average age expectancy now in the U.S. of 86 years, whereas for men it's just 83. So that's more years on the tail end that they're going to have to be paying for. 
Also, now there are five times as many women as men who are 100 years and older. There's still an earnings gap gap of about 82% uh, in the same jobs where women are working the same jobs as men. And so when you talk about this 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 earnings gap, and I guess this pe- women living longer, I know they're the healthier race. I mean, they're they're healthier by far. Well, and that's know? a big deal. You know, yeah. we used to call this longevity risk, but now it's just longevity. I mean, yeah. your your life expectancy is out to you know closer to ninety. When I started in the business, if you could go to sixty five, work to sixty five, then basically we plan to seventy two. Right. And seventy two was a magical year. It means you know seven more years, eight more years, nine more years, and that was about it. Today. You know, when we put the things together, ladies, we're talking about age 90, Mm -hmm. and Terry. So from that perspective, when you look at that, the earnings gap, what what goes on with this process as we think about helping a lady understand that? And you got inflation, you got, you know, the needs and things. How do you help a lady get to that point where they see that? Well, what we first do is sit down and talk to them and try to get a better understanding of their goals and objectives for their future. Mm -hmm. Because this process really is about them. And once we identify those goals, we try to help them figure out what they need to do to have the money there when they need it in the future. Mm, That's very important. Uh, We next uh, select the specific investments that are in line uh, with what their risk tolerances are, you know, how much risk they're willing to assume for a specific return. And we execute the plan and check in with them yearly. So and this is a process. It, it is just, a, it's not just a one-time thing and you just start. You, you're this, this ongoing thing. It's that, an ongoing process. This is a journey with our clients through throughout their life. We mm-hmm. meet with them annually. We get updates. We figure out if their goals and objectives have changed. And it is a process. You know, Patsy, when we talk about one of the things in the process, and I know it is for my, my wife at this particular time with her mom, it, women tend to be the caregivers for their families, and in fact, in fact, there's a statistic today. And in your in your life, you are a caregiver today. So tell us literally how that affects a person in their planning process, in their mental capacity, and all the things going on. So walk me through how we have to work with them to deal with that. Well, it adds a lot of stress to the whole family, but particularly to the caregiver, and the caregiver most of the time, 61% of the time, is female. So she may have to cut back on her work. She may give less attention to the rest of her family. Uh, She may need additional funds to help out that person who is needing the care. So it's just a a great stressor for the whole family. And that creates financial difficulties. It does. When you think about it. I mean, your parents are both... Uh, in their 80s, and your dad. Well, not in their 80s yet. Dad's 79. So. 79. Okay, almost in their 80s. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And so when you think about that, um, it's going to be a tough with you if you have to become a caregiver there. I mean, my mom's passed away, but I was a caregiver, and yet my sister did more of that type of thing. And as Patsy said, the stress of that can be extremely uh, tough on on any family. It's already stressing me out a little bit, and I know they're listening, so don't give them any oh, ideas. Okay. <laughs> By the way, they're moving in. Yeah, actually, yeah, right. I just want to let you, you know. You see me having a little bit of stress? I was supposed to say that. You know, that's why. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the reality is that is tough. and so It really is. I mean, it, it's a serious issue. And it, it becomes a big issue for a lot of times it does fall on the, on the lady to do that, the women to do that. So, But women, Terry, you even mentioned this a little bit, that women are very good at budgeting. 
And uh, Patsy, you may have mentioned that. So, Patsy, when you talk about budgeting and things like that, are you talking about just managing the day-to-day budget? I know from from my perspective, I usually look at, I try to figure out, you may have this this man and wife as we're talking to him, and you can sense that one's this great big, you know, he's the decision maker. Right, right. But but as you dive into that a little you bit. You find out. That he is the decision maker as long as the lady is shaking her head in the right direction. Right. You, you want to understand? She's learned very good to let him think he's the decision maker, as it is in my house. You know, that's where it right. is. But the reality is the lady a lot of times is the better budgeter, the better money manager. Uh, so help us with that. Why is that? Why do you think that women, and I mean, I'm seeing this a lot of times, that they're just gifted in that direction. Well, part of it is that they influence more of the buying decisions. They are the ones who are shopping on a day-to-day basis. They may be the ones who are paying the bills, and yet they may not be involved in the big picture decisions. Involved? What do you mean by that? Now, that's that's a big statement. Now, you mean that so they're making big decisions, they're making little decisions, but they're not involved in the big decisions. Help me with that. To okay. Explain that. Sometimes, sometimes a couple, truthfully, is is not seeing the big decisions. Neither of them is. And that's where we can really help a lot in giving them some, some vision and focus. But uh, frequently, too, uh, a man will have the more confidence and perhaps the greater financial savvy. Not always, though. I think it's a, a great idea for in a couple for the person who has the most financial savvy perhaps, to be the leader in that. Well, you know, let me let me give you a personal thought. And again, this is not a sexist program. Should we put that disclaimer on here that this is not a sexist program? We're not trying to mail Well, them. I think that's just assumed. You know, <laughs> we know it's not a sexist program. <laughs> My wife and I have been married 42 years, 42 and a half years. Now, I do this every day. You think about it. I mean, you know, now, I'm, and I'm the typical guy that can squeeze that buffalo nickel till the buffalo sits down. <laughs> called cheap, Okay. <laughs> And but when we got married, I was extremely cheap. And I mean, I was so tight, it was terrible. And she was somewhat the spendthrift. I would have said that. She probably might have agreed with me on that, okay? But the reality is, over 42 years, we've almost crossed in the path. And I'm not near as tight as I used to be. And she's much tighter. It, what, tell me what's going on with that. What's the psychological, <laughs> what's happening there, Terry? You're shaking your head. Well, I think there's an element of fear there. You know, you get to a certain age and you say, wow, I'm really not going to live forever. Maybe I should start planning for my future. So she's thinking planning for her future. Her future is very well taken care of. Well, I would imagine it is. But but the point is, you're thinking she's thinking that away. Is that psychologically taking place? It might be psychological. And some of it may be because she has been the caregiver at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, her children are now grown. Mm-hmm. She's got more time to Spends think about a things. a ton of money on grandchildren. Of course. Hey, that's I mean, a good that's, thing to spend money on. The spice the, of life, that's right? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> and so, you know, now she's had more time to think about her and get focused on her and maybe some of her goals in her future. That's a good point. Uh, it could be that she has aging parents who may be sick mm-hmm. and she's realizing, wow, I do have a mortality and I'm not going to live forever What's my future going to look like? Mm-hmm. How much is mm-hmm. it going to cost my children to mm-hmm. take care of me when I get older? That's a good point. Maybe I should start thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Maybe can't... my husband was right after all yeah. in being frugal early on. But <laughs> I don't know if that thought crossed her mind. Yeah, Careful, but... guys. That was wishful thinking. Yeah. 
<laughs> careful guy. But now here, here's the thought on this thing, Patsy, and you're talking about the decision-making and you're going back to that. Linda and I have been very, very conscious of the fact that, yes, I do this every day, so therefore most of the decisions financially I make in the family. And, and But it's a trust. I can go back to the days that I used to do a lot of counseling with a lot of couples. Um, I could sense a lot of times when there was no, there was no trust, usually the, the male in the family had, had kind of failed a couple of times or had not endured his spouse, his wife, to where she could trust him. And that was that point where, uh, you know, if you're just making bad decisions over and over and over again, eventually somebody needs to say, what are you doing? And that's what, that's what I see a lot of times when we counsel people. So the trust factor is important. But Linda and I have always said when we make a decision, we make it together. I can remember making, trying to do something one time, and it was a huge deal, uh, lots of money. And, and I thought, boy, this is, I did all my research, and I was very comfortable that I would do it, and this is it, and I'm ready to go. And I just kind of read it by her, you know, and I said, what do you think? Come on, I want you to show you this, and I want you to look at it. We got to this place where we were thinking about doing this, and it was, uh, again, a I lot know of the story. You know the story. <laughs> and I, she looked at me, and her very flittering eyes, which I always know is a sign, and she said, what are you thinking? I mean, she was very Because this blunt. was a big deal, and you were really into it. I you was put into a lot it. of thought I, into this. Hey, and, I had yeah. tons of research. I had done all the things. But her comment was, hey, what are you thinking? What are, where, are you, where are you going with this? Well, I was like a, you know, a <laughs> barrel of cold water on my thoughts. But what she did and what I appreciated was she was more than willing to challenge me on any decision that I make. So when you talk about girls having more funds— Really, the whole idea is that that lady needs to have the same thing that my wife had, the ability to say, time out, big guy. You may be thinking this way, but that's really, that doesn't work. That's not a good, and she was so right. I mean, if I'd have made that decision that way, Patsy, it would have been a disaster. Mm -hmm. She saw it in 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. I hadn't seen it in 18 months, you know. Right. What's What's going on there? I mean, Keith, what's happening? Why would that not be, why wouldn't I pick up on that where she saw it that quick? Don't well, go Because, yeah, you, I, I was ready to answer that question. But I tell you what, you know, and I love this conversation. We're talking about planning, but we're speaking, you know, we're saying counseling and we're talking about trust. And, you know, we haven't once mentioned a rate of return or, you know, things like that. And this is really what it's about. We're talking with Terry Hurt and Patsy Jones, and we're talking about girls just want to have more funds. And again, I love the topic. And Patsy, we were talking to you and talking about how this relationship, I mean, I was using Linda as an example, and I probably will pay for that when I get home. Uh, the reality is, though, that sometimes you have couples that there's very little com- you know, communication about finances, about money. I mean, it's sometimes a very tough topic. And as you know, I've counseled couples for years, and uh, sometimes this is one of the biggest problems that financial biggest discussion problem with a lot of couples is about finances and because they uh, don't always agree. So give us some examples or give us some thought process of what, how would you couch and share with a lady that both of you want you to be thinking about this to, to take a little bit more of a, an assertive role uh, and, and get better understanding instead of just sitting back, waiting for it to happen. And then all of a sudden wake up one day and say, Oh my goodness, it's not good. So tell us how to, how to deal with that. Well, as you mentioned, trust is a huge factor and communication is another huge factor. So uh, the couple needs to, if it's a couple, they need to be able to communicate their desires and their vision for their family with each other. Sometimes that doesn't happen outside of having a third party involved. 
So that's one of the, the great services, I believe, that we as planners fulfill, helping them each to express what it is that they want, helping them see the other's point of view, and then helping them to get together on their vision for the future. That's so important. So, Terry, what they what you're talking about, Betsy's saying, is that you, you, you get them into an office and, and you help them communicate and you're Kind of give us that description of what's taking place in the office when you're talking. You kind of did that earlier, but I'm talking about specific communication and the trust. Uh, specific communication really, again, is a big process. Everybody sits down, uh, discusses their specific goals, what they want their future to look like. Uh, some things that come up often are, well, my husband has typically handled all the finances, and you do have a trust factor, but you pose the question, well, what would happen if your husband died tomorrow? Do you know what to do? Do you know where the important papers are? Do you know how to handle it going forward? Mm. And that really is a stifling moment for women mm. because a lot of women have played the role of raising the family and have really relied on the men to take leadership in the finance arena. And when you pose that question, it sort of stops them in their tracks, and they say, wow, I really don't know. Maybe I do need to get involved in this process. So, again, if you just tuned in, girls just want to have more funds. Terry Hurt, Patsy Jones. Patsy, you've written this seminar and put this together and in such a way. You know, tell me kind of what you see as opportunities at this point for ladies. I mean, I'm thinking— you know, as you as you design this and, and you've thought through this process and you and Terry have done this, what what caused this to become, and I guess, the opportunity that you see for people to do? I see the, the greatest need for most women being education in terms of finances. You can't act on what you don't know. So just one of my great joys in working in this field is taking women at whatever pace they're willing to go from one area to another in terms of what are bonds, what are stocks, what does that mean to me? Then once they begin to develop confidence in what investment vehicles there are, then I can lead them through what are appropriate investments for them personally. So their lack of confidence is just stemming from a lack of knowledge, something they haven't had to deal with. Yes. You know, that is so critical. And uh, I know... Terry, you mentioned earlier that planning, uh, when you talk about planning, that you see it as a powerful tool to help somebody move in that direction. And so give me some ideas of what you mean by planning. Well, uh, planning involves really getting everybody on the same page, Mm -hmm. trying to work towards a common goal for somebody's future, for the couple's future, for the family's future, for whatever legacy they want to leave behind. So it's really essential as we work towards formulating this plan to achieve a common goal, uh, that we also create the awareness, as Patsy mentioned, to allow people to uh, develop the knowledge that they need to make decisions that are going to affect these goals. So you guys are in the education business. Absolutely. I I mean, you're really there taking, as Patsy, you said it, and I think, Keith, this is really good. When you think about it, they're, they're, the seminar is very catchy. Girls want to have more funds. And, that, and I mean, that's because of a song and, we, you know, all that's good. But the reality is they're educating, and it's sometimes in, a, in a, this, in, this educational process is in an environment 
that allows the person to feel comfortable right. in asking questions and comfortable in, you know, I, I, I'm going to say this, but, but I hope you understand what I'm saying. I know if I'm in a, an environment and I don't know anything about what somebody's talking about, I won't I say a word. I'm not going <laughs> to say a word, right? I will not say I'm a not word. I'm not going to expose my, my ignorance, right? Right. But in your environment, you're opening the door and encouraging that. You're actually saying to them, hey, guys, let's start on a level playing field. Nobody here knows anything. Let's build it from there. Right. I think it's very useful to use analogies to things that women know. For example, uh, when you're building a plan, it's a lot like decorating a living room. You decide what there is usable, what you have to throw out, what just needs some updates. That's a great analogy. I don't think I'd heard that one before. You haven't decorated. <laughs> I haven't decorated many living rooms. I've seen your living room. You have not <laughs> yeah, <right>. decorated your <laughs> living room. <laughs> no question about that. Uh, so, all right. So now you actually mentioned, Terry, earlier, too, that women are a little more risk averse. So how do you guide that? I mean, how do you push that through? I mean, there's a certain amount of you. If you're so risk averse, you don't really capture the return. So how do you coach somebody to open up a little bit and take a little more risk? You know, the first uh, step in that process is really to create awareness and equip them with the knowledge to understand what the investment arena looks like and to provide them enough knowledge so that they feel comfortable navigating in that arena when it comes to making decisions about how they want to invest their money. So it's like opening Pandora's box. And once you put Pandora's box in perspective, it's not a scary place anymore. So people are more willing, more open. And I think the environment we create, Patsy and I, is to really work with women and not talk at them, mm. not talk over them, but, but have a conversation with them about what they want their future to look like. And then holding their hand through this process, teaching them what they need to know, creating the awareness that they need to have, and then achieving that goal. You know, you, you said that. I mean, really kind of opening up and, and, and letting that trust factor happen. I, I've got a – we're working right now with a case where this couple, couple Keith, had been a clients of ours for 20 years. So the trust factor right. between us and the, the firm and the couple had been there for years. And we've worked – well, this individual, the, the spouse, the husband, passed away this August. Now, I, I'll just say Miss Smith. Miss Smith comes into the office. She's totally comfortable with us. No issues, none whatsoever. But honestly, as we and remember now, we've been with this lady for twenty years, decades, so, decades. So we had a great relationship. You could just sense not that she didn't trust us; she just was in that confused state. That oh my goodness, I've got to do all this. So what we found out was she was fearful of throwing anything away. So, I mean, she was talking about the boxes, the reams of paper, the, the files. And she, she says, you know, Mr. Smith had, had all these things. She said, what do I do with all this? So what we're doing is we're sending Francis and Ellen going down to her right. their home, and they're going to go through everything for her just to help her get that comfort zone. You can throw this away. You can't throw this away. You can throw this away. You can't throw this away. So that's kind of what we do. It is. And psychologically, these are tough things to face sometimes. Oh, I mean, think about it. You, you know, all of a sudden you've been trusting your husband to do this and then he's gone and you, you know, you're, and by the way, she is more than taken care of. I mean, there's right. absolutely nothing financially she has to worry about, but it's that fear of making a mistake because she hasn't been the one 
making a lot of these decisions. So, Patsy, I guess when I say that, I think you guys are so valuable to that group of people that go, run in, and you open the door for them to, to talk about that. I, I want to get into that when we come back in just a second because I really think I just want our listening audience to realize that they have such a value when you can talk to someone that you're not going to be talked down to or talked at. I think that's a great point. You know, and we're talking, of course, with Terry Hurt and Patsy Jones. Their seminar, Girls Just Want to Have Funds. 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 Did I get that right? You did. And uh, if you would like to have them speak at your organization, your church, or whatever, just uh, give them a call, 757-5757 at the office, and uh, they are more than prepared to do that. They've done it several times. They're very, very good at it. And uh, as you can tell by listening, they are very capable of... um, educating, I think, and creating trust and good, solid communication. And, and, and thinking helping. about it, yes, yeah, from helping. a planning perspective, yeah. which is incredibly important. Exactly. So we were talking earlier about this particular Mrs. Smith, and that's not the correct name, obviously, um, and, the, and the struggle of dealing with issues and how Francis and Ellen are going down to help them do that. And Patsy, you were telling me at the break that you, know, that you see that some and that you've got some examples of that. Well, I have quite a number of widows in my practice. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to see the difference in the perspective of one who has been working with us all along, along with her husband, and one who has recently come to me after the death. As a result of somebody referring her to you. That's correct. So women, I think all women perhaps, have this basic fear of being bag ladies one day. So we want to do whatever we can to avoid that. And helping a woman see that she's going to have enough money if she'll if she can live within say $50,000 a year or whatever the number right. is whatever for her means. based on her assets if we can show her the parameters then she can say in most cases I can do that I just needed to know how much money I have and you know that's what they're looking for is how much and and it's and you would think that would not be that hard but guys, when you don't do this every day, it's it is difficult, and you want that comfort zone is what you're talking about. You know, Keith, I have a, a client that, uh, and again, I want to make sure that everybody understands. We're not talking about the weaker sex. We're not talking about that at all because I mean, obviously they're going to live longer than us, so obviously we're the weaker sex. But the reality is sometimes it's the control factor of what's going on. But I have a couple right now that I can tell you. You talked about this, Terry, that that you know some women are risk averse. If I waited for him to make a decision and his risk tolerance, we would be in cash all the time. <laughs> right. She's the risk person. I mean, she's geared to that. I mean, she she thinks that way. Now, she's trained. She's very intelligent, very sharp lady. And, you know, I have to kind of watch them in their dynamics of their trust and communication because right. it is different. So I just think for our listening audience, we're not trying to put everybody in one category or one box or whatever because every dynamic case is every dynamic couple, every dynamic person, male or female, is in need of good counsel. And so planning is powerful, Terry. So tell me, I mean, give me the insights of what you see from planning perspective. Planning is very powerful. Uh, It gives you a vision and a focus so that you can achieve all your goals and dreams. And I also think it dissipates the stress factor because not knowing is very stressful. Or thinking you know is very stressful, but knowing is very powerful. Mm. You can relax. You know where you stand. It's predictable, and therefore it, it eliminates a lot of stress. Well, that's what Patsy was saying earlier, Patsy, is the fact that just the you know having someone so they can see 
if it's 50,000 they need, they get the 50,000. That's correct. Absolutely, that fear of the unknown. So it's not necessarily the number. It's just knowing that whatever your number is, that's going to be enough to take care of you, that you can live with. I that. want to talk about trust and communication again, though, because we were talking about education. We've gone through this whole process. And, you know, we do a lot of retirement counseling. We do. Where we're talking to people. And, guys, I want you all to help us with this because I'm in a situation where I'm talking to a couple, and I've worked with them for years, and it's amazing because all of a sudden – they're talking about retiring, and, and they're going to go to Florida. That's their right. thought. Well, that's what they thought until they got to talking about it. Now, you know, again, you would have thought this couple had, had come into my office and had all of this thought through. Right. They did not. And she had one place they were going to go live, and he had another <laughs> place. I mean, you would assume and, that would come up in and conversation, I left the, right? I left the room. <laughs> you know, I'm kidding. But, but the reality is, guys, this is what we're talking about. Retirement is a huge transition. So how would you couch this? And, Patsy, help us with that, or Terry, either one. Give us the insight of how do you tell these two partners that have spent an entire lifetime together to ready to set out, and now they got to go, and they need to know where they want to go to live. Are they going to stay in Memphis? Most people do do some decide they want to go live at the summer home some want to, I mean how do you get that going Terry well you know the important part of planning is to really first decide on your goals and then categorize them into short term midterm and long term it's good and what happens in your life particularly for women and for people with young families is they get very absorbed in raising their families and the day-to-day activities so they lose focus of anything except for what's right in front of them or the immediate goal of getting through the next day. Uh, so having this session with a couple really forces them in a way to really think about you know, some more midterm goals besides what's going to happen next week on the soccer field. And then even further, let's think about retirement. What do we want it to look like? Once the focus is off of our children and raising our family or caring for parents, what are we going to do with our lives? And so a lot of times I think this takes people by surprise when the event happens and the last child goes off to college. Now what? Yeah, that's a great point. That so is a great we, point. We got, I know we got to do a traffic weather and an update with the market, and so I want to come back to Patsy. Because, Patsy, I read a statistic from Fidelity Investments that about one-third of couples had different ideas of where they wanted to live around retirement. We're speaking with Patsy Jones, and Patsy, we were talking about planning. You know, from my perspective, I think about planning a lot, and I get caught up in the numbers. I'm, you know, thinking about the market. I'm thinking about stocks, bonds, rates of return. Think? Yeah, well, that's, you know, it's kind of my <laughs> role. But when you talk about planning, it's more about the emotions. So tell us what that really means. One of the most important things is helping people to understand and to bring out what it is that they're really feeling. That is comprised of so many things. How we grew up, for example, our life experiences. Incredibly important. So helping, um, particularly a man, they may never have thought through what their feelings are on where they would want their kids to go to college or their feelings on what they want their retirement to look like. So I try to establish uh, a situation where there's enough trust that both the man and the woman, or if it's just the woman, um, to express, this is who I am, this is what I want to be, and this is how I want my life to turn out. Then when each of them can sit next to each other and say those things, sometimes they're real aha moments. This is what my husband really wants for the long term, or this is what my wife 
really wants. This is very important to her. And then they're able to begin to compromise and come up with a joint vision. So so what you're saying is that, I mean, again, I think some people think that it's um, that planning, when you said, and Terry, you said it earlier, planning was really about vision and focus and things like that, which is so critical about how to tree that, you know, achieve your dreams and goals. But sometimes those dreams and goals become numbers. You know, and that's what basically Keith was talking about. I mean, because we do live in the numbers. A right. lot of times that's what we do every day. But you're talking about dreams and goals. There's not numbers. These are real. Patsy said it earlier. If a person needs to know that it's $50,000, that's not a, that may be the number 50000 but what does the 50000 do? Right. Right. So it's, it's really, you know, this process is really more about the client. It's about the couple. It's about the woman. It's about the man who comes in and tells us what they want their life to look like. So the, really the pro- process is focused on them, on their specific goals and dreams. Where do they want to live? Where do they want their kids to go to school? And for a lot of people, because of the busy lifestyles, especially with two working people or a single parent, they haven't had time to stop and oh, really smell so the true. roses. So, so this is really the first time they're really sitting there having to really think about what their goals might be, put them to paper, and really kind of commit to these goals that you know you, you mentioned that committing to the goals I, I was with a client yesterday and it, it's so perfect what you're saying he was we were we, i've been working with this guy for years and he was talking about what they were about to do to the back of his home they were going to completely remodel the, the the pool area the i mean everything and he was talking about a huge number quarter of a million dollars wow and i'm thinking wow you know but then he began to tell me about all the architectural drawings the planning the engineers and all this kind of stuff and I listened to him for a few. I said, you know, I hope you get this. This is what we do. I'm doing it from a financial side for you, where this guy's doing it for what you want. And, and Terry, you're saying it. I can see the pool as he's putting it together. He's going to get drawings. We can see the, the idea of the $50,000 and what it's going to do. But helping somebody to get there may take the numbers, but to see it, to feel it, to have a touch about it, to know that they're passionate about their dreams and their goals. That is what we do, guys. Well, it is. And having that emotional connection to your goal is incredibly important to enable you to walk that goal out. If you don't have, it's a lot harder. Oh, no question about it. So I appreciate the fact that you guys take the time. I think all of our planners in the office do, but I know you two do it extremely well, where you listen and you listen carefully. And listening is important. It is. The relationship is the the most important part of this whole process. To yeah, and I thank you so much. So again, girls want to have more funds, Terry Hurt, Patsy Jones, and uh, they've written a seminar. Patsy's written a seminar. It is excellent for anybody who has a club, a social club, or anything, a church, or anything like that, you, you know, that you would like to bring a group of ladies together that want to understand in an, in an environment that is not going to be all about the numbers, all about intimidating thoughts. That's right. This is a great seminar. Please reach out to them. They'd be happy to come and present it. Exactly. You know, by the way, I, I just want to say this real quick from a standpoint. My wife and I, as we talk about retirement, I've been told one thing about my retirement. What's when that? I do that, bottom line, I can't stay at home. <laughs> I mean, I got to find something to get up and go do. But that's an important point because a lot of men that retire and they expect their wife to become their hobby well, and their know, wife doesn't want to do that all the and time. And I'm going to sit there and say, what's for lunch? And she's going to say, I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Go You're on your own, Bruster. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, I saw a, a good story that came out of Washington this week. What's Are you surprised that? to hear me say that? Oh, I am. Yeah, come out of Washington. <laughs> I am surprised. What? I know what it is, though. Don't well, you? we passed the uh, uh, the Cromnibus bill last night, the continuing resolution Excellent. in the Omnibus bill. It passed the House. And uh, you know, by 
bipartisan. Bipartisan opposition, which I love. What They're coming together mean? on something. What does that mean, though? <laughs> does that tell us that there's a chance that we're going to have a Congress that's going to work together? Well, it tells you that that's how you legislate. You're never going to have a bill that everybody likes every part no. of it. It's something like this. So everybody's got to give a little to get a little, and, and that's I'm what they did. I'm excited about the potential for that, though. I'm excited about the fact that they're working together. This funds the government through next September, so we're not going to have these constant budget fights. So hopefully we can focus on some important fiscal issues that we need to get through Congress. Absolutely. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Patsy, for being with us today. Terry, Patsy, thank you both. Great job on the show. Of course, next week we are going to have Dr. Kevin Westbrook from Strategic Aim Consulting and Jeremy Jones, the Vice President of Shoemaker Financial. Jeremy's a financial planner in our office, a certified financial planner, uh, and he's going to be coming on and sharing some insights with us as well. Again, I want to thank Art Frederick, our Program Director, Jeff Long, our Compliance Officer, Eleanor Moskovitz, and Katie Brashear, our Production Assistants, Drew Johnson, who does such an excellent job of researching and writing our Mid-South History Moments, uh, and then that's followed up by an even better job with Rebecca Brazier, who reads them. I am Keith Quinn. And I'm Jim Shoemaker. Please join us next week when we will help you make the most of your money. Shoemaker and Keith Quinn are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.